Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're here with Kramer and Swiss. We've got a couple of uh, big raises for you this Monday morning. I'm starting off with Animoca Brands. Japan unit raised $45 million at a $500 million pre-money valuation for more or less NFT pushing. So the, NF- or the investment was shelled out equally by the parent firm Animoca Brands Corporation Limited, as well as MUFG Bank, which is the largest bank in Japan that has been operating since 1662, which is just over 360 years at the moment, which is kind of crazy to think about. The interesting, um, it's definitely an interesting raise because Japan isn't the most crypto friendly country at the moment, as they're currently imposing a 30% corporate tax on profit from crypto holdings, which has kind of triggered a brain drain away from Japan into other markets. Um, won't dig too much into that. But even with that being said, Japan is still the place to be for NFT services, mostly because of the country's rich history with anime, video games, uh, comic books and graphic novels, movies, and so on. A uh, number of Japanese banks and domestic tech companies have been warming up to the thought of providing NFTs or kind of incorporating them in their business. One company in Japan, Line, has over 90 million users, and any user can now store their NFTs in their Line-powered digital asset wallet and trade NFTs and so on with friends, which is another interesting you know, wallet idea that we haven't really thought of is just an NFT wallet, not even for you know crypto trading or anything like that. But either way, it's worthy to mention that Animoca brand is not new to that NFT space with investments over the last few years in Axie Infinity, OpenSea, Dapper Labs, Harmony, and a couple more. And they also have a heavy hand in Sand, which is one of the top earning play to earn blockchain ecos out there. So, you know, this being a, you know, Animoca brands, the parent company, threw in 22 and a half million and the bank threw in the other 22 and a half. So it's cool, you know, to see the push. I feel like we're talking a lot about NFTs lately. Uh, Swiss, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. First things first, just a $45 million new money on a $500 million pre-money is wild. So 9%, they sold 9% of the company. This is a premium deal. So I think we've been seeing, Animoca on many deals lately. So they've been investing a ton in a lot of different companies. And this, I was surprised to see such a large raise for them. The comments about Japan were really interesting because I forgot about this. Like recently there is news about the Mt. Gox coins. Supposedly there's some, some creditors are going to be yep. repaid on some of that. And it made me remember that Mt. Gox was a Japanese company and that we haven't seen a lot of news out of Japan in crypto lately. But I mean, aside from Animoca, of course, investing a ton. And like, I don't really, at least in the news that headlines that we process and the, the news flow that we're exposed to, just don't really hear a lot about Japan. Um, in crypto. And I think what must have happened, I, I'm taking a leap here, but the Mt. Gox episode was so dramatic. I'm wondering if this 30% corporate tax on all crypto profit is a result of that episode. Because that was back in 2013, December 13, I think. I wasn't around in the space at that time. But that that was just an interesting thing that made me kind of jog my mind a bit. And 
it's unfortunate because like you said, they have a rich history of, of great IP and a very tech savvy country with a lot of tech enabled, you know, people who are really savvy and intelligent, obviously, but it's like, that's just such a wasted opportunity for their society to, to just, to treat it like that. So it's a great example of how not to do it um, from a, from a country's perspective, a government's perspective, I think. But as far as these deals themselves, um, I don't know. I mean, it looks like they had a couple of big wins on Axie and a couple others, and they probably just have really good connections in, in the space from all that. And they've obviously made a lot of money, so it's awesome, but I'm still, uh, I'm still like not, getting extremely excited about this. I, I think these use cases are still, they leave a lot to be desired in my mind, but you know, if you're doing anything NFT related, you need to know, you need to know about this. You need to be trying to get on their radar for sure. Right. Um, and just to kind of wrap that up, I can't find a date on when that 30% went into effect. I'm seeing anywhere from 20 to 55% people have to pay. Um, I am seeing like 2018, 2019, which was right after Mt. Gox, a couple of years thereafter. But there is talks right now in Japan of uh, reforming those crypto tax rates. So hoping they're, I think they got a date of somewhere in 2023. They want to put that to a vote. So, yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, it's kind of the whiplash maneuver. You know, you get burned. Enough people in a country get burned and you have to do something about it, which is, you know, impose an over strict ban. And then eventually, you know, the people want it back and you got to, you know, you don't want to lose out on those tax dollars or that revenue or whatever it may be. Even the brain drain alone, um, you know, is a big deal. So. Yeah, I, I guess I just, I, I guess just to go back a step, it, the we shouldn't lose sight of the importance of such a massive institution getting interested in NFTs, mm-hmm. and so I guess um, it's maybe a little easy for us to to not recognize the significance of this uh, since we're not exposed to MUFG Bank much. But this would be like if, well, I don't know what the the right parallel would be if it's like JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs or something, but like some massive bank in the U S doing, doing a huge round for a a big VC arm of their own, which, I mean, JP Morgan does a bunch of stuff with, with their blockchain hours. I mean, they're already doing all these institutions are pretty exposed, but this is, I suppose that's, that's also a pretty big part of the story here is a, a massively credible institution getting involved in a big way. So I guess that's, you know, something we should, we shouldn't lose sight of as well. Um, Yeah. I mean, the fact that the bank's been operating since 1662, which is 110 years before America was even a country (laughs) is uh, something to say that, you know, they're starting to look into and invest in these spaces and they've been around for ever, literally. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, the other article here is uh, also on the Eastern Hemisphere that we're focused on. So uh, the Polygon Polygon founders raised $50 million for an emerging markets focused crypto fund, Web3 fund. And they, you know, I don't, I'm going to say it wrong, but Sandeep Nelwal, I don't know how you, how you should pronounce it. Um, but Sandeep was noted, um, and he's one of the Polygon founders. There was a big uh, episode when he and Vitalik donated a bunch of money 
to do some COVID relief in India uh, a year or two ago. And this fund, so they raised 50 million to invest in Web3 startups, particularly focused on emerging markets, India, China, and Southeast Asian regions. And what I really liked about this that got me thinking was this quote where he said, because these because they're all pushed against the wall for their survival, they need to build something that will generate some revenue so that, and then they can survive on that. I really love that art, that, that idea, because especially in this bear market, that's ultra important. So he always going to say, many of them have the capability that they are able to build businesses, which eventually will acquire users, but you need to help them to keep reinventing themselves and upping the bar so that once they have a proven model at a smaller scale, they keep growing at a much bigger scale and reinvent their ideas and business model. I also love that because this market changes so rapidly that you capture the hearts and minds of, of some cohort of users, but in order to stay relevant, you need to be evolving alongside the demands of the market and continually capturing the, the hearts and minds of their, of their users and giving them something that they want. So I really like this philosophy I think it's going to serve them well in this downturn focused on teams that are trying to actually create fundamentally sound businesses rather than the alternative of, of hype and noise. Um, he did not share who they raised the money from. He just said other VC firms, some exchanges some family offices, they did note around 15 investments have already been deployed. Um, unsurprisingly in polygon based projects, it seems, uh, some gaming, some metaverse, some esports. So I think that's just to a, a hat tip to the tonality of what polygon is all about. Uh, the layer two of Ethereum project, very cheap transaction fees. A lot of games are, have, have been building on polygon. So. What were your takeaways from this one, Kramer? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing, kind of like you said uh, with your quote, it's just, you know, they're looking for grit. They're looking for, you know, people that have great ideas and they know how to monetize them and bring them in front of the masses and kind of keep improving. But they need, you know, either help guidance-wise or money-wise to get there. So this is a great you know, fundraise, in my opinion, like you said, they didn't want to list all of the investors. And I tried digging on Crunchbase and a couple of other sites to see if there was any list available. And I wasn't able to find anything. So that's a little interesting, uh, in my opinion, maybe the list is just too long. But um, I would be interested to see who they raised from. But yeah, I mean, the thing that got me was, you know, we talk about all the time bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 and how to bring in that next tranche of users and, you know, volume. And they said symbolic plans to primarily back companies building consumer facing dApps, which kind of aligns with Polygon's goal to speed up Web 3 app development. So it seems, you know, they they know where they want to go and they just need to find the companies to invest in to push them there. So I'm all for this. I'm all for, uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, most times on the pod, we're talking about U.S.-based companies. Sometimes they're based in the U.K., but, you know, the Eastern Hemisphere doesn't get uh, as much love as it needs. So um, I'm happy to see it. 
yeah, it's always good to, to, to learn about what's going on in other parts of the world. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people building in those geographies. Um, this was a, there's a lot in this, in this article actually to unpack. It was, it was a fairly in-depth profile from TechCrunch on this, on this round. So I'd encourage people to read it. I don't, we don't need to just, um, repeat it here, but there's, there's a lot going on, obviously. So I would encourage people to actually take the time to read it because it was super interesting to me. So it would be great to, to learn a little bit more. I know we don't really focus much on Polygon, um, but I would really love to to see a little bit more or to actually take some time to learn about these projects a little bit, bit a little bit more because obviously there's a lot going on there, especially with with potentially the, the proof of stake merge coming up. Um, I, I don't know like the second and third derivative effects of how that that merge if it's successful. I don't I don't really understand. I haven't thought about it much how that might affect Polygon. So maybe we. Uh, you know, it'd be really cool to interview some of these founders that are building on Polygon and get their, their take on that. So maybe we'll try to do that, line some of those folks up. Yeah. But that, that. in any event, yeah, thanks for hopping on, man. Um, we'll have more. I know we just filled up the schedule for Wednesday and Friday, and we'll get the rest of the guys on to talk more stuff later this week. Cool. We'll see you then. See ya.